All right, Josh. When I go and I have an Uber or I talk to people who are like further along in their career than me, sure. I always want to ask them a very curiosity, continuum-ish type of question. Right. <laughs> and one of the things that I ask them is like, what do you see in the generation now coming up? Coming into the work world, where is the skill gap that you're seeing or their understanding of the world? It's always a really interesting conversation. But yeah, today, it's a great question. What I'd love to talk about is basically the ability to adapt your models. And I'll explain a little bit more about what I mean by that, but it goes with our adaptive expertise motto that we kind of always hang around here. Sure. So um, let's launch out on the loop. It's been a while since we said that, hasn't it? Or no, maybe we say that a lot. I just don't realize it. You you never say it. I'm the one right. who says it. So let's launch out onto the loop and... Let's do this. Let's talk about adapting your models you today so on well. CC. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you need to say that more often. You do a good job. Hey, everybody. Sure. This is Brian. And this is Josh. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry-innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise. See, it is right there. And innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and want to dive deeper, Visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Email us. Flag us down. Send smoke signals. Something. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. All right, Brian. So you had this idea of adapting your models. And I, I really like the idea. I like how you kind of like pulled it into the, the conversation. So what did you want to talk about today? Let me give you an example to kind of get people framed in. So one of the conversations was with an architect. And talking about what they did and you know i'm always interested to see how those things work out here is what the guy said he said that for younger architects coming into the field they can build models all day long like the the, the renderings right in right. the system they're masters of the system they're using the system and it's printed out and it's wonderful until you get out into the field and he said this footing needs to move one foot over because there's some geological constraint or something that's saying that, right? Sure. And he said the younger architects are like, no, the model says put it here. And he says, the model's crap now. You need to go adjust your model because you have to adjust it to the real world. Yeah. He wasn't mincing. You know, he said no, probably something I, nicer, but you get it. Yeah, so what they're saying is basically your model is just the blueprint to start. And yes. you need to be pliable enough to change that to get the same result. I think we talked about this on, we've talked about this all the time, adaptive expertise, you know, uh, overcome and adapt. Like we always say that. And what do we actually mean by it? I think that this is a great episode to talk about that because I think some people might say, oh yeah, of course I have to adapt, but they don't really understand what that means. And I think this might be a good opportunity for that. Right, Brian? Yes. Part of the benefit of building a model, like we'll use the architectural rendering. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yep. Yeah. You built it and it's right. 
until it's wrong. It physically will work because the computer program says it does. Right. Until it there's doesn't. real <laughs> things that happen here. You know? So uh, being right and wrong and rightness and wrongness was an episode that we recorded. Depending on the order you listen, uh, this may fall before or behind it. But the nature of it is that when you have a model, you're going to get some things wrong. There's going to be a variance to it because you have to adjust it in real life. And with any budget process, like in a big company, right, the moment you lock the budget, it's wrong. And it's like, why did I go through all that pain and suffering to get to something that's going to be wrong? It's like, this is the most right that you know to make it right now. Until you go along on the timeline and you figure out like, oh, this thing came and I didn't expect it. Or now this doesn't work that same way. What do we do? But if you're so locked to saying this is how it has to work and you don't allow for those things, if you have a brittle model that will yeah. break and yep. ultimately it'll break. I'll say break you. That sounds really dramatic, but it shows that like if you're unwilling to change that, then it's not a workable situation. Yeah. It's almost like the fragility of it. Right. So like why even make a model then? Right. So the reason you do that is because that gives you the starting point and the perfect utopia. This would just work. It's like a budget for your house. It's, it is, you know, oh, I bought a new car and everything's great. I'm not going to have to have any work done in this for five years. And then, three months down the line, you need something on it, you know? So why did you even bother buying the new car in the first place then, right? So this is the whole thing. It's like we're adapting because this changes and everything that happens, that's just life and it kind of just happens because we can't see the future, unfortunately. I wish we could because I would be a billionaire, a trillionaire, and I'd have every every single... Every single uh, lottery ticket for now until like 20 years from now. But it's literally like that. It's giving you the starting point to jump off and do it. And then, oh, I have to change this, this, and this. And it's okay. It's fine. In fact, it would be weird if it all just worked out the way you had planned it. It's hard to have a conversation with somebody like that because they have never known any struggle in their life it's like it just works it's like it does <laughs> i mean it might be like literally it might be like five people on the planet this has happened to uh i would say like if you were like the son or daughter of like a multi-billionaire or and the reason that it just worked is because other people made it just work for you and without your knowledge because literally nothing just works all the time so it, it, it's just the way it is now, here's the, here's the jumping in point again. So I've talked before uh, to other people, and we've, I think I talked about on this podcast, where the way that you think about something in a digital sense is that you have to have enough of an idea to perceive the topic by which you want to ask the engine, which will give you back what they think you want to see. <laughs> right. And it flipped discovery completely around. If you're walking around a mall and you find something... It's like, I never would have known I liked that thing over there because you wouldn't have even known to think about it. So the digital constructs have to be rigid enough so they work. Like, you know, if you have code on a website and it's one flaw that's, it doesn't work. You have to debug it, right? So it has to work. 
But the real world has many compromises going on all the time to make it work. Yeah, of course, like if you take sunlight away from a plant, it's going to die, you know. But right. It, but not right away. Not right away. And that's the thing. It's not instant, a lot of it. Sometimes you don't realize how uh, wrong you were until you move along. Because, see, the models are based on assumptions. And they're called assumptions for a reason. Mm-hmm. You, you can logically walk somebody through that. You can give them rationale even behind it. That doesn't mean that it's going to be correct. And that's okay. You just have to know how to calibrate yourself. And I think part of the issue is that when people find a model that works, they're unwilling to recalibrate it or throw it away when the time comes. And what happens is then they are locked into a certain model of what they're doing. And they've never adapted it for the future. The right. most innovative companies, well, I'm not, not innovative. The companies that hung around the most adapted at least enough. I mean, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll take like a couple modern examples. Uh, Kmart, they did not adapt to the internet. Macy's did not adapt to the internet. Dillard's did not adapt to the internet. Now, they did not see Sears, same thing. They did not see the force that like the internet would become. Now, that's okay, but they refused to change until the very end. Sears, for example, sold off uh, their Craftsman brand. Probably the one thing that could have got them out of the hole, they sold it because they needed the cash. That's how bad it got at the end there, right? So, I mean, if you would go back to like 1985, Sears Roebuck, huge company, one of the biggest companies in the world. No one, if you would have told them 20 years from now, you're going to be basically bankrupt or 30 years, they wouldn't believe you. These are the things that your fail, really it's your failure of imagination because you can't imagine it, you can't plan for it. So when it happens, you're like, oh no, it's not, that's just a one-off thing. But when it keeps happening, you have to, you have to be able to ground yourself and say, how do I fix this it's not even fix this how do i survive this because now i'm in reactionary mode you know how do i survive it it's it's like the same thing in your personal life like when something like catastrophic happens you're not like thinking oh that's all great and good no how do i survive this to tomorrow to the next week to the next year but you have to take it slow and of course it's slow at first and I think that's sometimes like these big companies and even like big corporations, like they just get lost in that. And so as us as people, we have to be the change smaller and we, we have to really build that kind of pliability into our minds just from the get go. Like we have to understand that, like, look, like you got to wake up tomorrow and think like nothing's going to go like 80% as planned is great, you know? And if you can do that, I think that that would really... I think it would really solve a lot of problems people are having just kind of with their everyday thinking. I think they'd also start to accommodate that when things go wrong, right? And it will go wrong at some point and it won't be when it's convenient. It won't be when, you know, you wanted it to go wrong. Right. <laughs> That's why it went wrong. <laughs> it's not like, well, today my car is going to just crap out entirely. I'm going to plan for that. So I'm already going to have a rental car. <laughs> like it doesn't right. really work that way. Um, 
when you have those things that you have to adapt, what it means is that you have made the decision to say, I need to keep enough flexibility, working flexibility, to make sure that I can accommodate when something doesn't go right. Right? Because if, if you said everything works perfectly, then this wouldn't even be a podcast episode. Right. But nothing works perfectly. And so the question is, how are you going to deal with the imperfections when they come? What are you going to do about it? You can, you can explain why forensically. You, know, you do a little exercise and you're good. But what are you going to do about it is now a forward-thinking exercise, which is where you're valuable as a human being to start working through that. Uh, innovation doesn't come overnight. We had an episode about innovation. It's those little micro-innovations that happen over time, over the course of numbers and bulk of people, where all of a sudden it tips over, right? Right. Are there some major cosmic leaps sometimes? Of course. Or black swan events that you wouldn't have expected. But you know what? Those black swan events came because people were willing to keep adapting a model and adapting a model again and again and again to lead them to a little leap across this from this rock to that rock, right? That's the pace of innovation, asking if you can adapt, then you're on a good innovation path. I think that's a great place to leave it, huh, Brian? We'll do that to let people adapt their models. I'm sorry, that was really bad, but I know you're going to leave it in the edit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. <laughs>